conversation brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer. Joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, the head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, who were most impressive in their 35-10 win over Round Rock last Friday night at Dragon Stadium. Hank Carter joins us now. Hank, thanks for the time. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm trying to fall out a little bit, but other than that, pretty good. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let me let me get your thoughts on that. One thing I noticed in working the telecast on Friday night was that even in the first half, when things weren't going the best uh, for your offense, your defense was really standing tall to keep it a tight game. The wind was a huge factor in it, and so you're only down t- three at the half at 10-7. Was was it, uh, I guess, stressed the importance of coming out in the third quarter with possession with a good opening drive because that's exactly what you had to go down the field and get the touchdown to take the lead? Yeah, I mean, we felt like, obviously, in the first half, offensively, we left some plays out there. We had a couple of busts where, um, you know, really they just got after us in a pass rush and, and caused a couple of negative plays. But we felt like that, that the plan that we had was good. We just needed to go out there and, and uh, stay with it and execute felt like the really special teams is what had hurt us. We had a bad punt, and then we allowed a, a punt return on one where the returner was really sprinting forward to come get it, both of the time giving, you know, giving Round Rock the ball deep in our in our territory. Um, and so really just getting the kids to, to uh, settle down a little bit, trying to make some tweaks um, slightly, but just go out there and play. And, yeah, certainly the weather was a factor. I mean, it was – it was cold, but the wind, the wind is always the thing that, you know, that we've noticed that can have the biggest impact, uh, certainly trying to throw the football and also in a kicking game. And so it was, uh, that was tough. I and mean, we kind of joked, it's, uh, it was difficult to run into the wind, let alone throw or, or punt the other night. Yeah. Uh, and, and your guys really seem to have that sense of purpose. You use the wind to your advantage also, uh, against round rock and, and got a, uh, 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 hand on the football as well. Uh, it it looked like your defense and your special teams really fed off your offense after that opening drive of the second half. Yeah, I thought we got some momentum going. Obviously, the offense come out and scoring, and then uh, Guillermo Lavin, real heady play, uh, rushing to get a hand on that punt. And um, you know, again, it's it's high school football and and uh, momentum and and just kind of the kids being energized by that help us and. And we were able to get a win against a really good team. You know, Coach Cheatham's bunch is always about as tough as anybody you'll play in the area. Uh, they had a couple of guys out. They also, you know, the, they had a really dynamic receiver that ended up playing. And, then, uh, you know, their starting quarterback played some, but certainly wasn't in there as much as he normally would be. Hank, uh, I watched a little bit of the ball game, and anytime I watched it defensively, it seemed like I was looking at Gavin McCullough's numbers. He only had seven tackles, uh, according to what I'm looking at, but it seemed like he was around the football every single play. Uh, what did you like about him in the playoff game, and, and what kind of years he had for you? Yeah, Gavin did. He had a great night. Um, you know, I think Coach Burton, our linebackers coach, was was praising him and his play throughout the evening. We watched film that, that next morning. Uh, he was showing up in the right place. Um, he's a great kid. He's a two-sport athlete. He's a really good baseball player as well. Um, and he, he's had a great season. We, we really rotate three guys in there for those two linebacker spots. But Gavin is about – he's just been a heady player, and he's always been around the ball. There's a couple times he had some quarterback hurries as well, made a big play on a screen. Could have been an opportunity for a, a big yardage maker for them. But, yeah, Gavin's had a great year, and he's still learning and getting better. I think uh, him being a junior, and, you know, I still think the best is yet to come for him. Visiting with Hank Carter, head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, here on Light the Tower on the Horn with Craig Way, Jeff Howe, and Snoop Daniel. Coach, I almost felt like – the guys felt bad for being so happy after that first round win because I think, like in the past, y'all have dominated that matchup so well. But uh, what does that say about that? I guess the, the overall um, uh, rise of Austin football in that by district round. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that uh, there's a lot of great teams, and when we match up with that other district, I mean, those those games have been tough in the past sometimes too, and obviously we lost the one back in 20. Uh, I was excited for our kids just because, you know, the it's it's been a challenging year. Obviously, we're not used to losing many ball games. We've lost four, and so there's you know, the the natives get a little restless, meaning the coaching staff, the players, the community, everybody, and um, for us to go out and really to play well against a very physical team at their place in a, in a ball game to where it was cold and windy. I just think our kids were excited, you know, be able to uh, to go out there and play like we're capable of, certainly for a half anyway. And um, you know, hopefully that will give us confidence going into this Friday night. Uh, be able to go out there and try to do it again. Hank, I, I was really impressed by how you were able to use both Caden Leone and Bo Edmonds in there, everything but that Bo's been through. And, and we had a couple of shots here on the Bally's telecast of how excited he was on the sideline and how fired up he was and uh, was was uh, encouraging his teammates a, as well. And 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 Caden did great things in terms of leading your ball club up and down the field and uh, great uh, touch on those touchdown passes uh, and and yet uh, there was Bo also helping out in the toss back uh, to uh, to Caden for the touchdown pass and then and then of course Bo extended the ball over for the goal line for the final uh, score how good was it to get him really centrally involved in a game that had a lot of impact for you well, yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, the, the the thing that Bo has his intellect and his um, his presence and his leadership it's just um, in our program right now, it's it's really second to none. And so for for what he's done, it's been obviously this is not the type of year that he had planned for. You know, and he was thinking he was going to go to Michigan State and play major college football, and and right now that part of it's on hold. But um, he's been a, as good a leader and as good a teammate as you could ask for. Now um, he is a pretty fiery guy, and so he's uh, most m- most of the time and the way kids communicate now, they much much rather text or get on Snapchat or whatever. Bo's kind of old school. Um, and so he's a pretty fiery and emotional kid. Uh, but to get him out there, we had we had him involved in a couple of special packages, and and uh, he just went out there and did a great job. And I joked with him, um, you know, he's running around like Lamar Jackson out there, which he's not the greatest runner, but he made a couple of good plays with his feet, um, and, it, and it helped get us a win. And so I was excited for him and for our team. You know, in uh, terms of other guys who've talked about, and this is obviously going to lead us into the conversation about Steele, but. On our telecast on Bally's, we had Sam Self uh, listed as the player of the game because in addition to the touchdown grabs, he made some spectacular catches for him. And I, and I chuckle when I think about it because I know what you had to go through in the time with the injuries and had to play Sam at quarterback the last time he played Steel. But uh, uh, he, he, I guess he's just proving that uh, wherever you need him, he can he can be there for you. Yeah, he had a big game Friday night, and he he's just a baller. Um he could play a million different positions for us, and he's physical, and he, he can make contested catches. You know, the great thing about kids that have played quarterback, they typically have good hands just because everything's in the shotgun now. And, and Sam has evolved into to a pass catcher, and you know, probably even better than we dreamed he would. He made a great contested catch the other night uh, going down the sideline. And obviously, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's, he's such a rowdy runner, he's hard to bring down. But, yeah, going back to the first go-around with Steele, he was taking the snaps, and, um, and he performed well. Uh, but, you know, he'll have a little different role this time around and, and back to, to the things that we really want to see him doing, which is blocking, catching, 
and I'm running the football after the catch. Hank, how much uh, do you look back on that game, not necessarily from because you just outlined how it's going to be different offensively for your group now that you've got uh, Caden uh, back there and, and Bo also uh, available for you at quarterback and have Sam out at the receiver so it's a different role. But in terms of what your defense, and your defense comes off a really dominant effort, I thought Jacob Henry played about as well a game as he's played all season long. And to play uh, Steel again, how much – are you able to look back on there and what your defense was doing that? Because that was a, a shootout, a high-scoring 35-28 ball game. But how much can you take from that game all the way back at week two in your preparation for this week? Yeah, I agree with you. Jacob was all over the field Friday night, and our first go-around was still. He was active in that game as well. So we're going to need him to, to try to duplicate that effort. I, I do think uh, the big guys, now that it's cooled off, playing a, playing a game and some of that hurry-up and no huddle and that tempo – does not have the same impact on our defensive line that it did back, um, you know, when it was 100 degrees outside. And so those those big boys, um, you know, when, when it's 50 degrees or 40 degrees outside and you're you're snapping you know snapping the ball 65 or 70 times, they're they're going to have a lot more juice in their legs than they did back then uh, earlier in the season. And I do think we can learn a lot from the first go around just from to see how they want to attack us. Uh, we kind of joked around and, you know, hey, let's just take the plays and the calls that didn't work and not run them, just go around and we ought to be good. <laughs> well, the problem is they can do the same thing. But uh, it does. It's familiarity. You can see their, their staff had a week to plan for us. And here, here's the things they wanted to go do. And here's the things that worked well. So let's try to make some adjustments. Uh, but we're both in the same boat, you know, in that regard. They can do the same with us. And I, I think it's going to be a battle. It's two really good football teams. I love how our team is playing right now. This is this is what we want. We want to be playing our best ball going into the most critical time of the season, and I think we are. Hank, final thing here. Uh, we've gotten some questions about this of folks wanting to know uh, how the decision came about to play at the field in Pflugerville on Friday night. And I've explained before there's home versus home and neutral home versus neutral home and sometimes just a neutral site agreed upon. How did this fall into the negotiation where it ultimately wound up being uh, at the field in Pflugerville? Yeah, so um, you know, in the second round, there's still a challenge trying to find enough venues that um, a combination of things, large enough venues to support the two crowds. You know, we expect this will be a big, a big turnout. There'll be a lot of uh, folks from each fan base that'll want to be there. So we want to have a large enough venue to get everybody there. We want it to be close enough for both fan bases and for both schools that are traveling, all the teams and the auxiliary groups. Um, but really, it's availability, and that's where it came down to. We. We uh, had a little contingency with Canyon, but it would, you know, a lot of teams, if their teams are still in the playoffs, they won't host the game, even if their stadium is open. And so there's a lot of factors that come into play. At the end of the day, we're able to get to, to play over at the field. Um, it's going to be about an hour drive for us, probably about an hour and 20 for them, maybe an hour and 25. So even though on a map it looks like it's a lot closer for us, just their, their ability to hop on the road and get there quickly. Um, I think it's going to work out for both fan bases. It's a beautiful stadium. Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, we just needed somewhere that could hold both crowds. And um, and I think the folks at, at Pflugerville are looking forward to having the game. Yeah, we're looking forward to the broadcast. It'll be Friday night here on the Horn at 730. Hank, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to visiting with you again next week. You bet. Thank you all. All right. That's Hank Carter, head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, joins us 